0: You've saved your whole life and you think your money is going to your kids. But is it really? How can you protect them and make sure that it really will? I'm Matt Robeson. This is Financial Life planning the Mike Morton Podcast. And I'm joined by my co-host, the eponymous Mike Morton. Mike.
1: Wait, i need, first of
0: all, well, I don't I was even about know to what ask that you, word do you know means.
1: What's
0: the second field?
1: No, your your money your money should flow to to me and Matt into that's, this podcast, not <laughs> to your kids. Well <laughs> like, perfect. If you're
0: listening in the financial life planning feed, then I don't know, it, it, thank you for your listenership. Yeah. Throw a tip. Yeah, you can. Throw a... <laughs> I don't know, uh, how, to I don't do know how to do that. <laughs> if you're listening in Beyond Politics, my podcast feed, um, thank you because by listening there, we are ad supported. Mike, this, uh, your financial life planning no. is not.
1: Wait, there's ad- oh yeah, that's right. There's ads we in there, get you, ads get, a, from the you biggest... get like a few no, pennies, no, right? No.
0: <laughs> we, we, it's amazing, actually, I, you know, because we're also on YouTube for a lot of the other shows I do that actually you earn a higher rate for ads frequently, quite frequently on audio pods? It's weird. Anyway, people don't care about oh. that. People are here to understand right, okay. how the government might be robbing them and their children and how they can stop that from happening. Is this is this real? Like, I mean, I, 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 mean, a I have thing. a will. Like, isn't that the end of the story?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be all set. No, I know. Unfortunately, it's not the end of the story. So this is making sure that You're setting yourself up for success, which is what this podcast is about, setting you, your family up for success. And one of the areas we work on all the time is estate planning. It's not the most glamorous or the most fun, and it's definitely the most tedious, Matt. So (laughs) I'll try not to bore the listeners. But it's so important because if you don't name things correctly and if you don't have them organized, you're going to leave a nightmare For those that you leave behind, and also they might not be protected. And especially if you've got kids, you really want to make sure you've got the right documents in place so that you're setting your kids up for success. It's two problems
0: then. It's that you might leave your kids with a gigantic months or years long headache, and you might work your whole life, and the things that you thought you were passing on to them, you might not. That those are bad.
1: Yeah. Oh man, you just reminded me of a story that I want to tell and this is a client we'll call her Amanda and we've been working together for years or so. Great friends, has a family, has kids and about two years ago Amanda's mother passed away. She was older, It was not unforeseen that she was going to pass. And, you know, Amanda's mother worked her whole life and built up some money that she wanted to pass on. She had remarried. So let me tell you a little bit about Amanda's mother. She had remarried a little bit later in life. She had two kids, Amanda and her brother. And then with her new husband, had three stepkids. And we knew Amanda's mother had a trust and wills. So she had all the documents in place. She had beneficiaries listed and all of that. And we knew her intentions. Amanda's mother wanted to provide for her new husband, the three stepkids, and Amanda and her brother. So those people. And like I said, she had all of the documents in place. So we knew uh, where things should be going. And what she had basically Amanda's mother was a retirement account with about a million dollars in it. And then she had two businesses valued at about 500,000 each. So two businesses, 500,000 retirement account with 1 million. So, She had about $2 million. The retirement account, she left to Amanda and her brother as two beneficiaries to split that, and then the two businesses, she left 100,000 each to the three stepkids, and then the bulk going to the husband. And the two businesses, 500,000, so million dollars split 100,000 each to three kids and the bulk on the husband. The problem was, so we knew the intentions, but the problem was the value, the, the schedule of assets, it was a little more complicated than that, but that was the nuts and bolts of it. It, it really wasn't valued very well. Now, the, the retirement account, we knew that was $1 million. You could see that. It's just a, a retirement account. But the businesses, Amanda had to start digging in. She was the executor, start understanding the co-owners of the business, what the assets were and stuff like that, and work with them. And it took a long time. And it turned out that it, they were not worth $500,000 each. Now, that's the upshot. After really going through it, there really wasn't much money there. And so now we know the intention was to leave... 300,000 to three step kids plus 700,000 to the husband, but they were only worth tens of thousands of dollars and not a million. So we knew the intention was to leave you know the assets in this way, but because they weren't valued very well, we didn't have that schedule of assets, what we call it, listing the accounts, what the value is, what you own, how much it's worth. We were left doing a lot of work. Amanda had a ton of work to try to, Honor the wishes of her mother to where the money should go and the, the relative amounts, you know, with not as much being there as her mother thought. So what this all could have been avoided if Amanda's mother had just taken a little time and written what we call the schedule of assets, what you own and how much it's worth and where it is. And I think if she had done some of that work and realized with her business partners, hey, these aren't worth 500000 each, then... The retirement account with a million could have been split with different beneficiaries and would have made the whole process way smoother for Amanda during this hard time. That would have avoided tons and tons of work that she had to do and months of work.
0: Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah, that's what's really the kicker of all of this is that our whole system is set up around the idea of We have such complex financial instruments available to us. All of these countervailing accounts and tax laws and benefit packages and asset classes. And our our whole system is set up so that our kids have to figure this out at the worst time of their lives, right? They've just lost a parent or a grandparent, and now it's on them to sort through all this stuff from who knows where these documents are. Like when people talk about getting your affairs in order, that's what they mean. And it's just, and then there's sort of this bonus kicker that, you know, it it turns out that you may not, you may think you've done that, but you really haven't. I mean, is there, so are are there, are there trap doors where, where, you know, you think you've got things clear? Because you said he had a will and a trust and it named beneficiaries. Is that not sufficient?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a really great start and you definitely need that stuff. And, and I want to talk about a little bit more about that today because beneficiaries is really top of mind mm-hmm. for me right now. But I think it starts with something really simple. So here's an action item and we'll highlight this at the end too. I think if you can just take the time to simply write down all the things that you own and owe, maybe some of your debts on just a single piece of paper, where that stuff is. Hey, I own these different accounts at at Schwab and my local bank, and oh yeah, I've got a a loan. I, I loaned to my brother, owes me 50 grand. He's paying me back. If you can just simply have what we call this schedule of assets and write that down, that's tremendous. It goes a long way towards somebody inheriting that and saying like, geez, where is everything? Oh. That's right. It's on this one piece of paper, kind of everything that I need to be looking into. Now, there's now of course, your other questions, there's legal things that we need to get into. Is it in a trust? Does it, does it have beneficiaries? What type of account it is? But simply being organized with your finances for someone else has to step in, whether you're incapacitated, you can't make decisions, or if you're not around goes a really long way to being organized. In your
0: experience, when people, this is something we've talked about in a different context that just knowing like how many accounts you have is is a good thing, where they are. Um, and we've talked before, it's a great dive back into the feed if, if you wanna follow up on this. We've talked before about, you might make a discovery that there's money in accounts that you could roll over and you could do a lot better. You could save. Anyway, it's a really healthy process on its own. Is this also the kind of thing that people do? If you sit down with an attorney to make out a will, is that a, a, a step that people typically go through as part of that process too?
1: So here's the kicker. Yes, it's absolutely a step that is part of the process, but the thing is people don't actually do it because here's what happens. So my clients will go to an estate planner and I've got different ones that my clients might work with, but here's the typical process. You go in, Hey, I want to set up these documents. I need power of attorney. Mm -hmm. I need health proxies. I need trusts and wills and they talk to you, interview you, create the doc. Who do you want to leave money to? How much, where's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Who are your guardians? Stuff like that. And then they fill out the docs and then you go in and sign everything. And then their mind, that's it. You're done. Like you've signed all the docs, you've created the trust, you've got your power of attorneys. You're good to go at the very end. It's now you have to do this and this. They give you a little to-do list and send you on your way. And my clients have just gone through multiple meetings with the estate attorneys, right? F- trying to figure out who the guardians for my kids are going to be. Isn't is fun no. conversations? guys? The living okay? will stuff so is the worst. They've already, yeah. So they've already gone through this. They've had multiple meetings. They've got to figure out these really, like really hard, annoying things. Then they go in to sign everything. And it's like closing on a house. You sign like about a bazillion pieces of paper and there's witnesses countersigning and stuff like that. You feel like this, is like you're done and the estate attorneys, like, congratulations. You've got your, your stuff signed. It's great. And you're like, yes, finally, I'm done. And it's from my perspective, you're just starting, dude. You're just starting because now that you have your trust and, and other documents, now, where are you going to keep them? You've got to fund your trust. Okay. You've got to put money into it. You got to make sure all the accounts are listed. We just said the schedule of assets, figuring all that stuff out and the beneficiaries and all that. You got to go through and change all these things, add all the different banks and brokerages, and that's not easy either. So just realize, like the estate planning process. Unfortunately, it's super important, right? But it's a pretty long process. It takes my clients more than a year typically to sort of go through the I entire would bet thing. That
0: most people are. I don't think most people are like me. I, for their own sake, I hope they're not. But
1: I would <laughs> bet in this
0: one regard, most people are like me. My wife and I went through this process. We. It's everything you just said. Damn, are you like bugging my house, man? We went through this. We got the documents. Yay. Now I know like if a horrible accident befalls me, what's going to happen. Great. Um, And we have these documents and we got them into a secure location. That was like five or six years ago. And I have not put my eyes on them since. And for the life of me, I could not tell you what's in them. I have no idea. And... Again, less people think, wait, why is this guy on this show? It's, I mean, I do, I, I suspect that this is really, really common. Now I've done some of the best practices. I do have, I'm not like trying to like get people to figure out where they can hack these things. I do have in an ultra secure location, a full asset sheet and liability sheet. And like, mm-hmm. not only that, I've, I've kind of put like, you know, here are the accounts and here's where you can find them and, and et cetera. So I have that and I've set up a, a password protection system. And so I've done, I feel like I'm ahead of the game in so many ways and yet you're making me feel like maybe I'm not where I need to be. I
1: think you're doing a great job. Even just having the two things, again, the list of assets and liabilities, just so people know like what bank accounts do you have and stuff like that and then the password manager Is another one I'm getting becoming a big fan of having password managers that you could share as a family. That's really great for everyday use. But then, especially if something were to go sideways, you've got passwords for your five different banks and brokerage accounts in one area that, you know, trustees and stuff can get in there and and help out, let alone all your digital assets, like all those photos and other stuff that are going to be really important to your your family. What about trusts? What about trust, Matt?
0: What, what is not that a song lyric? What about trust? What about us? I don't know. <laughs> Some horrible song. Oh, my God. Oh. Did you say that 90% of songs are junk? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, all the songs that don't get put out by a record label yeah. and how shitty they must be? <laughs> <laughs> all the ones you're making up in your basement? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to diss my friends who are musicians. Come on. You've got – there are musicians among – I'm just – anyway. What about that process? You know, how should people, because you said before that in your story about Amanda, that her father had trust set up, is that like necessary, but not sufficient? Is that even necessary? Like, how does that, how did trust work? Anyway? Yeah.
1: Some, sometimes it's necessary and sometimes not. So it really depends on your situation, which is a terrible uh, answer. But let me put it this way. If you have minor kids, then I would highly recommend implementing a trust. All right, what's a trust? Very briefly, a trust is a legal entity. You sign it into existence, all right? So it's a stack of papers that you sign. And what it is, it's a legal entity, all right? Fine, so I could have the Mike Morton trust. What is, what, or, um, let's call it revocable trust. Mike Morton revocable trust. Revocable means I can do anything I want with it. I can get rid of it at any time, all right? So I can just wipe it out from existence because it's revocable, I can revoke it. Okay, so I have the Mike Morton revocable trust great. I've signed all these papers. What does that mean? It's a entity that can own things. All right. So I can change the ownership of my bank account from Mike Morton to the Mike Morton revocable trust now owns this bank account. It's the owner. It's the legal owner. Okay. Cause it's a legal entity. That's what your trust can do. That's what you want it to do for my clients. Usually I take the biggest brokerage accounts. Hey, you've got Four hundred thousand in this brokerage account. Let's have the owner not be Mike Morton. Let's have it be the Mike Morton Revocable Trust owns that brokerage account with all the investments inside of it, and now it owns that thing. All right. Why do I well, want to do? I'll that? tell you right. why.
0: You create Randall. Ste- all right. You, you tell me why. Randall Stevens, because you are red and you are trying to help the warden hide assets because you are in the Shawshank Redemption, and Randall Stevens yeah. is the second cousin to Harvey the Rabbit. No, this isn't shady. <laughs> no, okay, this is
1: not shady. And in fact, you're not hiding any assets because this is not an irrevocable trust. And we're not also hiding the different names and stuff like that. There's definitely stuff like that. You can name the trust, the Pinky Pigback Trust. And now no one knows who I that see. is. And it's sent to a P.O. It's box. And so, yeah, now you don't know that. like you could own land. That would be a typical thing. Oh, this piece of land is owned by the Yellow Shirt Trust and the, the address is a po box and so you really don't know that mike morton owns that I piece see. of land so that you could do things like that but here's why do you want to have the bank account four hundred thousand owned by the mike morton revocable trust instead of just mike morton here's why what happens if mike morton is in a terrible car accident and had to be put into a coma and prognosis is <laughs> good for mike <laughs> but i'm out of commission for a month and a half so you're not getting your podcast for six weeks but I still have bills that I need to pay and how can I pay them? Mm. I can't pay them if I'm not there to sign checks and click the buttons. So that's why if the trust owns it and I have a co-trustee, Matt Robeson, my good buddy is my co-trustee. He can pay the bills. He can go into the bank, click the buttons, write the checks and do that kind of thing. So this is not only a health proxy, obviously, hopes to need someone making some good health decisions for me, but it's also the money. That's why the the trusts are really good. My will's no good, Matt. I'm not dead. (laughs) So nothing in my will counts, but the trust owns the money. And therefore we can, you know, co-trustees, successor trustees can make decisions. First of all, I love how
0: gruesome your fantasy is. And second of all, what about the situation where, since we're talking about estates, what about the situation where, I don't wanna say, it, it sounds like casting the evil eye on someone. Let's just say not you, someone else. What about when someone else actually dies and then their assets are in the trust, there are advantages there as well, right? Because you have to go through this mysterious process that I think is a mystery to most people, probate, right? But you don't have to if you have a trust. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. So that's
1: the reason I highlighted the first instance, why you wouldn't have a trust, because that to me is more important for parents with young kids. You've got young kids, you wanna definitely get those guardians and other stuff, but also if you're not dead, your money is tied up in your name, all right? No one else can like access it. So that's a good use of a trust. But the other typical one is what you said, Matt. So when you pass away, you've got your will, you've got maybe trusts, and then other accounts have beneficiaries, all right? So there's lots of different ways that money flows after you're no longer around. Some of them are rule of law, and some of them go through court and have the judge make a decision, say, yes, this is right. The things that go through court is your will. When you have a will, it goes to probate court. So you're dead, you're no longer around. Whoever your executor is, takes your will and the death certificate into court and says, someone said, I wanna leave my money in this way and the judge says, great, gather all the assets, make a list of assets, bring it back, and I'll stamp, yes, that's what the will says, so go for it. Distribute it amongst the three siblings, the three kids or whatever. That's will and the probate court, and it takes a while, and you gotta go through the judge. Other things passed by rule of law. So if my trust you know, owns that brokerage account, and I'm no longer around, it's not part of the will, it's just, it's in the trust, and the trust is a legal entity, and it says what to do with it. There's successor trustees, there's beneficiaries. My kids get it when they're 35. All kinds of stuff can be written into the trust. And it just passes just like that by rule of law. All right. Not probate court, no judge involved, no contesting my will, you know, and all of that. And the other thing, the other uh, way is beneficiaries. So in certain accounts like your 401ks, individual retirement accounts, Those have beneficiaries and you really want to review those, (laughs) who the beneficiary of your accounts are, because it's going to pass immediately to those beneficiaries. No probate court, no will, it doesn't matter. It's not in your will. It's like my individual retirement account will pass to whoever it says in my beneficiaries. So we
0: said at the top though, that there are all kinds of situations where this gets confusing and where assets don't go through. It It sounds like with all the process involved, it can really be a mess you gave me a hint that there's a staggeringly big figure out there that of money that just doesn't reach its intended recipient. What is that?
1: This is why not, you know, again, in that story with Amanda, it's we knew the intentions, the intentions were very clear, you know? And so we're trying to honor the intentions, but it gets bogged down by all these different mechanisms and where money is and how much money was there. And so, if you don't review your beneficiaries on your accounts, it doesn't flow. All right, your assets don't flow. There's more than seventy billion dollars, seventy billion dollars of unclaimed assets in the U.S. Seventy billion. So this is money that was supposed to go somewhere, <laughs> but it was not set up correctly, and it is not gone where those and people it can wanted be tied it tied up
0: for months, years, indefinitely.
1: Yeah. If they can't find the people, if it's not there, like this is why the website here in Massachusetts and every state has this, has the, you can go put in your name and and look up money that was owed to you. So I definitely recommend doing that, but this is where it's $70 billion. That's not flowing correctly. Hardworking people trying to leave money and just wasn't left correctly. So you really want to not only make that list of assets that we talked about, you know, everything that you own, but review all your beneficiaries
0: on your accounts. That is That's a staggering number. That's a really big number, right? $70 billion. And I guess what it really triggers for me is per your Amanda story, wow, it's not inconceivable that your assets could be among them. And that just takes us right back into that scenario of you work, you think you've planned for things, and then you leave your kids this double nightmare of they've got to go through this enormous headache process. And then they don't even get what you intended for them to get. And it could just be marooned and out there. It could end up with you. You could be getting their money. (laughs) That's right. It could be flowing right to this podcast. It's like it's It's a wonderful life where they all show up at the building and loan and – He's like, what's, what's the name of the protagonist? And I, I don't have your money. It's in Bill's house. But it's like, what's my money doing in your house, Bill? You know, it's like your money might end up in my <laughs> exactly. house. This is terrible.
1: That's right. If, so, if you're right. so lucky, exactly. <laughs> if I'm so lucky. Wow. All right. Well, um,
0: yeah, that's, that's thoroughly depressing. But it, to how much does it, how much does it advance the ball if you at least do those initial steps. You 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 get that asset list and you you make sure that is properly reflected in updated documents. Look,
1: yeah, yeah. Look, that will go a long way. So spend the we talk about it on, on other episodes. Spend the 30 minutes, the one hour, to create a simple one pager in a Word doc or a spreadsheet of all your assets, where they are, how much they're currently worth, put a date on it, and then Review While you're in there looking it up, review your beneficiaries and write that down on that one pager as well. Just do that. Just get organized and put that somewhere it will really take a and massive step. And then hide step. it
0: with a cleverly constructed set of clues that will lead people on a wild goose chase, like in that documentary, The Da Vinci Code. Okay, that right. makes me feel a little bit better. It, it does. Once again, I don't know. Every time we start one of these episodes, you set up a problem that's, did you know that aliens are burrowing into your brain? And it's, oh, no, that's terrible. And then you make me feel a little bit better by the end of the episode. They're only burrowing into my elbow. So that's good.
1: That's my goal, Matt. With these episodes, is to
0: make you feel good. To make people feel moderately doing anxious, <laughs> and then relieve the anxiety. It's wonderful. That's what this show are of all about. All right. Anything else on this before we relieve people of the ultimate anxiety of, of, of listening to the rest of it? No, the-
1: it's good, man. We gave a little action, and it's important. You really want to. You've got kids. You want to set you know your family up for success. And this is really important stuff. So just spend the you know the one hour. Do the do that
0: and right. feel great. Awesome. About it. For Mike Morton and for the aliens who are slowly working their way into my cranium, I'm Matt Robeson. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us
1: on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or mortonfinancialadvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.